and no matter, no telling what else could take place. Amen. We're looking forward to this Saturday. Here in chapter 3 of Nehemiah, if you would, and stand to our feet one more time, we'll read one verse tonight. And uh, as we are on the road to revival, we have had several messages now on this road, and we pray that they have been a help to you and a blessing. Here in chapter 3, verse 1, Then Elishabib, the high priest, rose up with his brethren, the priest, and they builded the sheep gate. They sanctified it and set it up the doors of it, even unto the tower of Mia. They sanctified it unto the tower of Hadanel. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you tonight, Lord, for Nehemiah. What a man, dear God, that we can learn from and that we can gather. God, his love for the temple, his love for the walls and gates, his love for the worship, the love for God. Father, we're praying tonight, Lord, that you'd help us to see our need for revival, but yet at the same time, God, help us to work toward revival. Father, I pray, Lord, tonight we'll be willing to sacrifice, we're willing to give up and give out whatever's needed and necessary for us to find that God is working in, in our hearts and working in our church. God, we're praying tonight, Lord, that you'd revive us, restore us, renew us, refresh us. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd do a work within our souls, our hearts, our homes, God, our church. Father, I ask you tonight, Lord, that you'd do something special in my heart tonight. I pray, Father, that you'd work in me and on me. God, I pray you'd anoint me with your spirit. I pray, Father, that you'd do something tonight, dear God, that we'd all look back and say, my, I'm so glad I was there that night when God came down. And, Father, when you moved and when you changed, and, God, when you shown yourself to be mighty. May it be so here tonight in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So we come tonight and we've been talking about these walls. We've been talking about these gates and been talking about there how we're going to build our road up to revival in chapter 9. And we preached on that chapter concerning revival. Well, there was worship. There was reading of God's word. There was singing. There was praise. There was honor. Uh, I'm telling you, man, it all came together. And tonight is the first place, the first step tonight of us rebuilding these gates and these walls. We find the first one tonight is building the sheep gate. Building the sheep gate. And so tonight, the sheep gate at this point right now, before the building of the sheep gate, uh, the sheep gate is unusable. And so we find ourselves in need of revival because the sheep gate is unusable in our lives. Uh, it's just not able to be used. It's broken down. It's the burned of the walls. There's rubble everywhere. They couldn't have beast, couldn't have Nehemiah, couldn't even walk through it. And we find that it's a disaster. We find that it's horrible. We find that it was not easy to go through and go to. So we see the, the sheep gate, that it is unusable tonight. I noticed the sheep gate before chapter 3 is unimportant. For 175 years, this gate's been in this condition. There's nobody that's come by and done anything about it. Nobody's at all, you can, you, as you read the scripture, uh, nobody's complaining about it. Nobody is, is, is speaking of it. No one's out about doing anything about it. It's been a long time. 
It's been a long time just sitting there in rubble, sitting there in the, in the walls that are now broken down and the gates being burned up. And so we find the sheep gate up to this point just unimportant. Nobody cares about it. Nobody's looking to do anything with it. It's just been that way. Number three, I noticed not only is it unusable and unimportant, but it's unnoticed. The world would went right on. The world would just continue on about their business. Governments would have overcome governments. People would continue on with their lifestyles and living what they have lived. Uh, not too many people are concerned about Jerusalem. They're not concerned about the walls and the gates. They're not concerned about the temple. They're not concerned about sacrifice. They're not concerned about worship of God. All things just seem to be moving on and moving. It's going unnoticed. It's going unimportant. It is unusable. Now, in order for you and I tonight to find revival, we got to do something with this sheep gate. And we got to find this morning, this evening, uh, that to have revival, we're going to have to build the sheep gate in our lives. We're going to have to come to the conclusion that we're going to have to build up these broken walls and these burned gates. Because if you remember, as we preached on several occasions, how we said that these walls that were broken down represented our convictions. They represented how that we used to be when we had great convictions and now our convictions are lowered. There was at one time when we had high standards. One time when we wouldn't do certain things and we wouldn't go certain places and we wouldn't say certain words and, and we would have certain things that we did and some things that we would not compromise on and some things that we would not let go. And, and today we find that our standards and we find our convictions, we find that our choices seem to be a little different than when we got saved. Right. See, like when we got saved, we had fire in our hearts, we had, we had a, a strength within our souls, we had a boldness and a courage, and we're going to live for God if it makes the devil mad. Oh, but some time went by. Some days it went on, some things have happened, and some lives have changed now, and I'm a little older now, I'm a little wiser now, I've been in church a little bit, and do you know, and though now somehow, some way, we lower our standards and we let down our walls. Now doing that, we find that there's the enemies that can come in. We also find that there's things that don't stay in because of our walls broken down. We also understood about the gates now. We talked about the eye gate. We talked about the, the ear gate. We talked about the mouth gate. We talked about those gates that were burned up and damaged. And we find that we're looking on things that we didn't look on before. We're listening to things that we're not used to listening to as we did before. And we're saying things that are just not what we always have said. The point we're trying to make tonight is this, is that we need revival. And we're going to find ourselves needing to build up these walls and build up these gates. And the first gate we come to is the sheep gate. That is the very most important gate. It's the first gate. It's the gate that you and I must look at here tonight and figure out what to do. We've got to repair tonight the sheep gate. Now this gate was chosen first by design. By design. We find tonight that all other gates follow the sheep gate. And there's going to be ten gates that we're going to preach on. Uh, not tonight, but uh, the ten gates eventually we're going to preach on. And they're all in order. They all go counterclockwise. 
For example, tonight, just for a few, we find the sheep gate at the very top on the north side. And right next to the, right next to the sheep gate is the fish gate. And right down a little further down on that side, you go a little further down, uh, you'll find a valley gate. And then at the very bottom of the completely opposite of the north gate, you'll find a dung gate. And then after the dung gate, you'll find a fountain gate. And so we find tonight that these are going up, back up to the sheep gate. And, and so we see as the way that Nehemiah has put in the Word of God. And we're going to go in that same order because it's an order of design. If we can't get our sheep gate repaired, then the dung gate and the valley gate and the fish gate and the, and the water gate and the, uh, and the mica gate and all these other gates don't have no meaning and it has nothing to do with us and we'll stay unrevived. But if we ever get to the place of we want revival, we got to start with this. Without this sheep gate, there is no need for any other gates. And I say tonight in the sheep gate, I want to say number one tonight, I hope that you follow me and uh, in this thought of the sheep gate. I want you to notice the historical facts. The sheep gate. This is where the sheep entered in to the temple. This is where it came on to the grounds. This is where that when they brought in the sheep, they brought in the goat, they brought in the bulls, they brought in the pigeons, they brought in the birds, they brought in all these all animals to be sacrificed. They brought them in to where they were sold. And so people didn't have uh, the, these kind of animals and, and they were coming from a long ways. Uh, they would come to the Temple Mount and at the Temple Mount you'll find there were people that were selling these animals for sacrifices and so it all came through the sheep gate. Not only were they sold there, but it was where they were sacrificed. And so as the sheep came in through the sheep gate, or the goat, or the bull, or whatever animal that was going to be sacrificed and bought there, or sold there, uh, it was the animal that was going to be sacrificed. And so all sacrificial animals came through the sheep gate. And also, right next to the sheep gate, or right within the sheep gate, there was a pool of Bethesda. We find that Jesus was there in John chapter 5. And you remember that, that, that story where Jesus came to that, to that sheep gate. He walked right through the sheep gate. He went to the pool of Bethesda. And at the pool of Bethesda, well, there was a man that was there for 38 years. You remember? And he tried to, when the stirring of the water, he tried to walk there. And, and every time he couldn't make it because nobody would carry him there. And Jesus got there. He said after 38 years, he just healed the man. But it was in those pools of water. It was where the, the sacrifices like the goats and the bulls and uh, the, the sheep and the lambs were washed and cleansed and getting ready for this sacrifice that was going to take place. So historically, this was the sheep gate. This is where all that was happening. And then historically, uh, when Jesus was entered into Jerusalem, he came through into the temple. He came through the sheep gate. That's how he went. Every time. There's only one time that he didn't go through the sheep gate. And uh, he went to the eastern gate whenever he came. And, and they were laying down them palm leaves upon him and saying hallelujah uh, unto him. That's the only time. But every other time he went through the sheep gate. That's kind of the way it ought to be, right? The Lamb of God walking through the sheep gate. And so we find that when Jesus came into the temple, he come through the sheep gate. We also find that this is the gate how you enter into the temple. You're going to have to go through the sheep gate. And going through the sheep gate, you'll find you can worship. 
uh, there at the temple. You'll find that you can sacrifice there. You can pray there. You have through these gates of the sheep gate, you can find yourself meeting with God. Find yourself having a relationship with God through the sheep gate. The sheep gate. The sheep gate, fourthly, was the path or the road to Golgotha. It was where people would go through the sheep gate to go down to the Calvary, to go down to the cross, go down there to the place called the skull. And it was through the sheep gate that they would walk through in order to get to that location to get to that place. Now these things are important to us, but that's historically. We find number two. I want you to notice the historical facts, but I want you to notice the biblical facts about the sheep gate. I want you to notice tonight that Jesus is the lamb or Jesus is the sheep. Amen. In John chapter 1 verse 29 it says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. If you look at chapter 3 and verse 1, you'll see the sheep gate. You'll see the word sheep. Well, Jesus is that lamb. Amen. That's what biblically of this gate is representing tonight, is representing Jesus. Jesus as the lamb at the sheep gate. We find number two. If you look there, you'll see that they built the sheep gate. They, that the Bible says they sanctified it, set up the doors. What well, Jesus is the door. We find that in John chapter 10 and verse 9. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. So not only is Jesus the sheep or the lamb, the lamb of God, and that's what the sheep gate would represent, but he's the door to the sheep gate. We find tonight that he is the very entryway. We find that Jesus tonight is the only path that you can get into the sheep gate. He is the way, the truth, and the life the Bible teaches tonight. He's the very door, the very path in which you can come unto the temple, unto the presence of God. We find, number three, that Jesus is the high priest. It says in verse 1 that Elishib, the high priest. Well, Jesus is the high priest. We find that spoken of in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. And so as the, the gate of the sheeps were being repaired, it was led by the high priest and his brethren, the priest. Amen. And so we find that Jesus is the high priest. He's the one tonight that's building and repairing the sheep gate in our lives. It's Jesus tonight is the one who's going to do all the work for us tonight to have revival. He's going to be the very one tonight that's going to make sure that this sheep gate is up and in order so that you and I can have a road under revival. And so he's the high priest tonight. He's the door. He's the lamb. And fourthly tonight we notice that Jesus is the sacrifice for that's what the sheep gate is all about is bringing sacrifices in and through. We read that in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 12. For this man, talking about Jesus after he had often have suffered since the foundation of the world but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself so we find tonight that that sheep gate is always speaking of sheep or goats or bulls being sacrificed and Jesus is that sacrifice he's that door he's that sheep 
He's that high priest. I want you to notice here, fifthly though, that the Bible says in chapter 3, verse 1, it says, and they sanctified it. But Jesus is the sanctifier. He's the one who sanctifies the gate. He's the one who sanctifies. That word sanctified means pronounced to be clean. That word sanctified means declared to be holy. It means to make to be pure. Let me give you some verse tonight. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 10. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Hebrews 10 and verse 14. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. And I say to you tonight that if you and I are ever going to find sanctification, a separation from this world and unto God, one who's found holy and pronounced to be pure and clean, it's going to come through the sheep gate. Amen. And Jesus is the sanctifier of the sheep gate. Boy, I'll tell you, isn't that good? The sheep gate tonight is identifying Jesus and his work on Calvary. That's what the sheep gate represents tonight. When you read that in chapter 3 verse 1, you can just think immediately, oh, it's about Jesus and his work on the cross of Calvary. That's what it's about. It's about the sheep gate. It's about those things tonight that we find. I want you to notice it all starts here with Jesus. See, the sheep gate is the very first. The sheep gate is the very one that's in order. There's ten of them. It's the first one. But look in verse 32 with me tonight as well as it's the first. You start here. You cannot get revived unless you repair your sheep gate. But then look in verse 32 it says, And between the going down of the corner under the sheep gate, repair the goatsmiths and the merchants. Not only does it start with the sheep gate, but it ends with the sheep gate. Isn't that something? Tonight we find that if we ever are going to bring ourselves to the place of revival unto God, we're going to have to repair the sheep gate because that's the first thing that we must do. But it's the last thing that we must do. It starts with Jesus and it ends with Jesus. Amen. Nothing else tonight's more important than Jesus. We find here that salvation tonight is provided for all. I want you to look at this. This is pretty interesting. Salvation it tonight is open to all. If you look there in chapter 3, verse 1, you are missing a few things. Because if you look in chapter 3, verse 3, it talks about the fish gate. And the fish gate is one who has laid the beams thereof and set up the doors thereof and the locks thereof and the bars. And so there's locks and bars and beams on the fish gate. But there's no locks, bars, or beams on the sheep gate. I want you to look there on the old gate. Look there in verse 6. Tonight, the Bible says about the old gate. Set up the doors thereof, and the locks thereof, and the bars thereof. So there's locks and bars on the old gate. And then I want you to notice the valley gate. The Bible says in verse 13, the locks thereof and the bars thereof. I want you to notice that there's going to be in the dung gate. Look in verse 14. The Bible says there's locks and bars. It says set up the doors thereof and locks thereof and the bars thereof. Look in the fountain gate in verse 15. There are bars, there are locks as well uh, front on that gate. I'm just saying tonight, 
uh, that this salvation that is provided for all and this salvation that's open to all, that on this gate there's no locks, there's no bars, there's no beams. Uh, this gate swings. This gate always open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. You can be saved and born again, but you got to go to the sheep gate in order to do that. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you tonight, this sheep gate has been sanctified. No other gates have been sanctified, set apart unto God. None, none, none. And we find tonight that this gate, in order for us to come to the place to have our revival, refreshing, renewing, refrain with God tonight, we're going to have to understand that this salvation is required by all. This is the only gate for sacrifice. This is the only gate for salvation. This is the only gate for sanctification. To be clean, to be glorified, to be honored, to be holy, and to be the one tonight is pure and holy tonight. So what does this sheep gate represent? It represents our salvation. It represents Jesus, the Lamb of God. It represents Him sanctifying us and separating us unto God Himself tonight. It represents tonight that our sins are forgiven. It represents tonight Tonight, that we had eternal life through Jesus Himself tonight. That's what the sheep gate is tonight. Man, to hey, I'm telling you, we got to build this sheep gate up in our lives. So I'm not quite understanding yet, Brother Larry. I understand. I want you to notice here, lastly, and you'll get it right here. I want you to notice tonight that there's not only historical facts of this verse, and there is biblical facts. But tonight, there are some practical facts that I want you to know. What are the practical facts? Well, they are this evening. We need revival tonight because our walls and our gates are down and damaged. Is that true? If we could be honest with us t- ourselves tonight with, and with God and let Him know tonight that I need help. I need some spiritual Renewing and refreshing in my life. I'm not satisfied where I am. I need some revival. And one of the things tonight that I need revival in is that I need to repair my sheep gate. And what does that mean to you and I tonight? Well, it means this. It means that we need tonight in our lives is to build up the Savior. I believe in Christianity uh, many a times that we get real excited about our Lord and our Savior the day of our salvation. And we go about singing and we got joy in our heart that our sins are forgiven. We got eternal life. We're going to heaven when we die. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I don't have to fear men. I fear God. And by my name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. I got a reservation in heaven. My friend, I've got nothing at all to fear of for I am saved, saved, saved. And for just a moment in our Christian walk and Christian life, Jesus is lifted up. Everywhere we go, we talk about Jesus. Everywhere we go, we tell them about what Jesus has done in our hearts. Every time we get to pray and we get to pray unto Jesus, it thrills our hearts and thrills our soul. Every time we hear a message about Jesus, boy, I tell you, it just does something within us. And every time we get to sing a song out of hymnal books, and boy, Jesus is honored and lifted up and glorified, and we get to praise Jesus. But I'm going to tell you, in our Christian life, the longer we go, we find ourselves at our sheep gate He's not being lifted up anymore. 
Jesus is not where he needs to be in our lives. Yes, we're saved. Yes, we're born again. But man, listen, we're not building him up. We're not praising him. Hey, you had opportunity a while ago to sing some songs that praise Jesus. Listen, tonight, can I say this to you? If you sing and you came and hear yourself sing tonight, something's wrong with you. Uh-huh. Amen. Man, we get to sing this book right here. Jesus' name is there. And we get privilege and honor. And Jesus is in our heart. And Jesus is going to come forth out of our lips. And we get to praise him, honor him. And one way we can do that is by our singing. And we should be out there letting it rip. We should be busting out the seams in our song. You back there saying something like this. Uh, Tell me the story of Jesus. Right on my heart, every word. That's a joke. Just shut the book, man. You're not worshiping. You're not worshiping at all. When you go out there and see your grandchildren playing out there some sport of some type or out there in the way of ballerina or out the way of jumping on a, on a beam or something of that nature, you don't say, go, 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 go. Man, you're watching the Texans, you're watching the Astros, you're watching the Rockets, you're watching all these other things. And even think things of, of more than that, you watch your children graduate of college, you watch your children graduate of other things, and when they call out the name, you woo, woo! And we get to sing the song of Jesus, and you barely say anything. What happened to us? I'm just saying tonight, friend, that, that sheep gate in our lives is going to have to come to a place when we start building up Jesus again. Whenever he becomes a very important person within our lives, he becomes the very praise of our hearts. He becomes the very purpose of our lives. He becomes the one tonight that we can't stop thinking about, stop loving about, and go about in our lives tonight. We go to sleep with him on our mind. We go to work with him in our heart. We come to church, can't wait to praise him, lift up his name, shout it out unto God. Amen, hallelujah. We got to begin to build up Jesus. Amen. That's the sheep gate. Uh-huh. And too many of us tonight, and all of us, I'm included in that, I've kind of lowered that down a little bit. I don't want to say, too, I don't want to say amen too loud because I might offend somebody. I don't want to say hallelujah because, you know, I might embarrass myself. I don't want to, uh, you know, say anything while Brother Larry's preaching tonight. Listen, let me be honest with you. I wish every single one of you tonight, whenever I get to preaching on the Word of God, on Jesus Himself, and God talks on your heart, that you would do something like this tonight. You'll be sitting and listening. Hey, man, brother! Preach the Word of God. Tell me more about it. Oh, it just makes my heart thrill tonight when I hear the name of Jesus tonight. Oh, God, revive your church. Oh, that we may build up Jesus in our sheep gate. Amen. Yeah, that's right. I wish everybody would be shouting it out. I get sick and tired of this coldness and this spiritual lockjaw. I get tired, tired, friend. People come to the church and they got to be dignified. They got to come here and shut up and be quiet tonight. Listen, friend, won't you just let your heart come forth and let your mouth respond to the heart request that I need to praise God tonight. Now if I'm preaching on Donald Duck and Daffy Duck tonight, you all put your head down. 
Friend, if I'm up here preaching tonight on some other uh, root or some kind of fruit or something of that nature tonight, listen, you ought to walk out of here dead as a hammer, cold as a, cold as ice, amen, hot as a rock tonight. Oh, but when I mention the name of Jesus, your ears ought to perk up, your mouth ought to open, your heart ought to start beating, and your soul and your spirit ought to be saying within yourself, that's my Savior. Yes, yeah, church needs to get alive. Yeah, that's right. Some of y'all ain't said, some, some of y'all ain't never said anything in church. I mean, listen, friend, when's the last time anybody heard you say anything like a peak? I mean, I don't know. Some people are going to do silent prayer in church. I'm telling you, church, if we're ever going to hit that revival, we're going to have to begin to take the name of Jesus and lift it up. Build it up. But not only build it up here, but build it up at home. We're going to praise him with our lips. Amen. That's how you're going to build up Jesus. You're not going to praise him with your lips tonight, but you're going to obey him with your love. The love that you have for Jesus, you're just going to fall all over him. You're going to follow him. You're going to be submissive to him. You're going to yield to him. You're going to say, brother, what you doing? I'm just loving Jesus. I mean, why are you over here talking to somebody tonight? Because I'm just loving Jesus. Uh, why are you giving $100 to somebody? Because I'm loving Jesus. Uh, why are you mowing their grass? Because I'm loving Jesus. Uh, why are you giving hungry food? Because I'm loving Jesus. Uh, why are you at the church house Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night? I'm loving Jesus. Uh, why are you so excited about the church? I'm loving Jesus. Why do you give the missions? I'm loving Jesus. Uh, why do you give your tithes and offering? I'm loving Jesus. Oh, why? Oh, why? Oh, why? Because I'm obeying him with my love. Amen. That's how you build them up. Yes. That sheep gate, it's been long enough unimportant. It's been long enough unnoticed. It's been long enough unusable. We need to finally repair it. We've got to get it up. And doing that, friend, we'll find the praise that we need for our Lord Jesus Christ with our lips tonight. We'll find tonight our obedience with our love. And then thirdly, tonight, we'll find our trust with our lives. We're going to trust them with our lives. That's how you build up this sheep gate tonight. You'll make sure tonight that you trust him with your family. You trust him tonight with your finances. You trust him tonight with your friends. You trust him tonight with your faith. You trust him tonight, even with your foes. What you going to do? I'm going to trust God. Well, if this happens, trust in God. Well, what if that happens? Just trusting Jesus. Amen. I mean, I'm going to spill it out with my lips. I'm going to show it with my love. And I'm going to give it with my life. Because I'm ready to build up that sheep gate. So that you and I can find revival. Amen. I pray tonight. That you might decide in your heart, the first gate is the sheep gate onto the road of revival that I might be able to build up. See, friend, to put him tonight, Jesus, in his rightful place. That's where he belongs tonight. Amen. He don't belong number one. If you're married tonight, your spouse belongs number one. Did you know that? Your children, number two. Right. Amen. Your church, number three. That's where it goes. Where's Jesus? He's preeminent. 
he's not, he, he can't even be on that scale. Do you think tonight that your wife or your husband or your children or your church tonight can be on the same scale as Jesus? I mean, he's so far up there you can't even reach. He's the preeminent one. He's the above one. He's beyond one. He's the one tonight that I am what I am by the grace of God tonight. It's him tonight. And put him back in his rightful place. Where he belongs tonight as Lord and King and Savior of your life. Man, we got him down here as some preacher or some prophet or some miracle worker or someone tonight that is a good teacher. No, no. He's Lord and Savior and God himself. Put him back in the place he belongs in your life. Please. Number two. Not only to put him in the rightful place, but I noticed tonight in order for Jesus to be lifted up and built up, we're going to have to give him his, right, his rightful power. Not only do we put him in his rightful place, but we've got to give him his rightful power, his rightful authority over my life. Amen. Just can't marry who I want to marry. Can't work where I want to work. I can't go where I want to go. I can't eat and drink what I want to eat and drink. I can't wear what I want to wear. I can't do what I want to do. I can't retire when I want to retire. I can't go to church where I want to go to church. And I can't go to church when I want to go to church. Put him back into the rightful power Amen. of your life. That's right. Buying a house, buying a car, put him back there. Yes. Having children, put him back there. Right. Changing jobs, changing churches, changing anything of life, put him there. Right. What you're going to do, when you're going to do it, how you're going to do it. Friend, I'm telling you tonight, put him back in the power of your life. Put him back in the place where he belongs. Amen. Tonight, this is how we're going to build our sheep gate. Tonight, we got to make sure that to build up the Savior. And thirdly, I noticed tonight that not only put him back in his rightful place and give him his rightful power, but to allow him his rightful presence. Do you know he wants to walk with you and talk with you? A long life's narrow way. He wants to come to you, he wants to come with you to church. He wants to come to you at work. He wants, he, he wants to be with you at home. Right. He wants to be with you at friends and at parties and family outings. He wants to be with you wherever you go. He wants to be there. Amen. Tonight, give him his rightful place, his rightful power, his rightful presence. Uh-huh. Don't tell him he can't come with you on Friday night. Don't tell him, hey, listen, Lord, you've got to stay on the other side of that door because i got a few things to say to this individual. I tell you, Lord, I know that I'm not right. I know that I, I, I can't be right, and I'm just going to go ahead and live that away tonight. That's not what building this Savior up tonight is all about. What it's all about tonight is saying this, Lord, I want to make sure that I allow you to be in my presence and I'm in your presence. That's what we want, don't we? Tonight, building up the Savior. That's what it means tonight. Practical facts. So, who does that? We do that. Right? He's not going to make us put Him in His rightful place. He's not going to make us put Him in His rightful power. He's not going to make us put Him in the rightful presence. We, as a people, have to begin to work on the sheep gate. 
Right? In chapter 3, verse 1, did you see anybody saying, God did it for me? No, they did it themselves. Tonight, we've got to do it ourselves. We've got to make determination. We've got to come to a place in our lives and say, you know what? I need revival. I need refreshing and renewing of God. I have just allowed Jesus Christ not to be where he ought to be in my life. I'm saved. But Lord, I need you. I'm going to begin to work to build up the Savior. Can I say number two? I noticed tonight in order for us to find this revival, we're going to have to not only uh, build up the Savior, but we're going to have to appreciate the sacrifice. Appreciate the sacrifice. What do you mean, Brother Larry? I believe tonight that many of us, we find ourselves saved, but we find ourselves not being thankful for the body of Christ. We, we get so, I don't want to say out of whack because it's really not out of whack. It just gets misplaced, I guess you could say that. We get to over here thinking about our spouses, our children, our jobs, our food, our homes, our cars, and our health. And Man, there's so many things tonight we can be thankful for. Yes. But one thing we don't think much of is the very body of Christ. Right. We don't think of that. We're not very appreciated of the very sacrifice that took place. And it was his body that he gave. And we find ourselves tonight being thankful for many things. And that's good. But tonight if we're going to find revival, it's when we begin to begin thankfulness for his body. Number two, we're going to find thankfulness and gratefulness for his blood. We're going to find that we would start thinking and start having more of a mindset of the Lord, I really appreciate the blood that you shed for me. I appreciate the forgiveness that that blood has brought in my life. I thank you, Lord, that that blood of the Lord Jesus Christ has taken me out of the power of darkness and translated me into the kingdom of his dear darling son. The blood. Amen. How many of us tonight, this week, has said thank you for your blood? I don't know if we've done that tonight. I don't know when the last time that you might have done that. Maybe when we took the Lord's Supper. And maybe that's why the Lord's Supper is so important. Amen. For when Jesus could say, remember me. Yes. Remember what? Remember my body and remember my blood. But as you and I tonight that needs revival, we got to come to appreciation of the sacrifice. And that is tonight to be thankful for his body, to be grateful for his blood. God help us tonight to make that the forefront of our Christian life, the forefront of our Christian walk. To make sure tonight that our minds and hearts are set upon that. Tonight that we are content with Jesus. We're content with his blood. We're content with his body. We're not looking for anywhere else to find a forgiveness of sin. We're not looking for anywhere else tonight to find somebody that would love us as Jesus loved us. We're content. We're satisfied. Amen. And friend, there's nothing in all in all the world. There's not jewelry. There's no gold, no silver, no lands, no people tonight. There's no money. There's no success. There's no preeminence of power or popularity tonight that could bring to our hearts and minds and say that I'm satisfied with Jesus and Jesus alone. Amen. I'm content. Yes, thank you. 
I'm content in the money that I'm making. I'm content in the house I'm living in. I'm content in who am I married to. I'm content in whom I have as my children. I'm content where I worship. I'm content in what I have and what I've got. I'm content with Jesus. His blood, his body has brought me where I'm at today. Now, could I do better? Absolutely. Could I buy something maybe newer? Could I get maybe something not as expensive? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm satisfied with Jesus. I'm content tonight with Jesus. I'm tonight, friend, happy with Jesus. You see, tonight, that's where we need to come. We've got to come to a place where we not only uh, build up the Savior, but we appreciate the sacrifice. That's the sheep gate. It's all about the sacrifice and the sheep gate. You and I tonight are beginning to be grateful and thankful. And we're satisfied and we're content and happy with it. I'm telling you tonight, that'll do something for us. Can I say here thirdly tonight? I was thinking we might get out early tonight. For this is my last note I have. But I noticed tonight, not only to appreciate the sacrifice and to build up the Savior, but I noticed tonight to remember the salvation. Remember the salvation. Remember where you came from. Yeah, I think we forget that sometimes. We forget just how sorry we were. We forget how sinful that we were. Uh, we just forget how bad we were. I think tonight, I got saved in 1988. 1987, I was wicked, unsaved, and ungodly. You say, where was you at, Brother Larry? I was in church. What was you doing in church? I was teaching Awanas. Not a while as I was teaching the Sunday school class. I was going on visitation. I was about the church, cutting the grass, cleaning the church. I was the Christian as you could see Christian. But I was wicked. I was selfish. I was proudful. I was arrogant. I was selfish in such a way tonight that, that it's just sickening for me to know. 86 was worse, 85, 84. You go back, you go through. It's, it do me, do me good tonight if I can ever come to the place and just remember my salvation, where I came from. Remember that. You came from the lowest. You came from the worst. You haven't always been where you are. Oh, you come down. We find tonight remembering not only where you come from, but remember who brought you here. Not only tonight where you come from, but who brought you here? Was it those tonight that you spend a lot of time with? Is it those that you spend a lot of money on? Is it those that you think awful lot of? The one that brought you from where you were to where you are is none other than Jesus. Remembering your salvation. Remember where you came from. Remember who 
brought you here. Thirdly, remember what changed you. What was it? Jesus. He changed you. He's the one tonight that should get all the glory and all the praise and all the honor. He's the one tonight that gave you the faith to believe. He's the one who granted the repentance for you to repent. He's the one tonight that has brought you to the church that you to hear the word of God. It was him tonight, Fred, that has made you a new creature in Christ Jesus. He's the one tonight that is making you conformed to the image of Christ tonight. It is him tonight that has indwelt you and filled you. It is him tonight that uses you at any time of being used tonight. It's him that made you what you are tonight. You might be sweet tonight. You might be kind tonight. You might be forgiven tonight. You might be tonight where you come to the place of a man or woman full of faith tonight. You may win one tonight that's obedient tonight, submissive tonight, yielding tonight. All of those things tonight. Remember. Remember. Remember how you got there. Building our sheep gate. Building up this gate tonight. Not only remember where you come from and who brought you there and what changed you, but remember how you were. Remember why you're saved. Remember why you're saved. Remember when Jesus became your Lord and your Savior. You say, what are you going to do? We're going to remember where, who, what, how, why, and when. That's what we're going to remember. And friend, if we can ever come to the place in our lives and we can ever see that the sheep gate is the only way to revival tonight, and that we will finally come to a place and understand it's all about Jesus and his sacrifice. All about Jesus and his salvation of my soul. All about Jesus and what he's doing in his way of sanctification of my life. It's about Christ and Christ alone tonight. And I'm to build him up tonight. And I have come to the place tonight to appreciate his sacrifice. And come to the place tonight that I remember my salvation that he brought to me tonight. Friend, that's a way under revival tonight. If you and I can begin to build our sheep gate and stop allowing it to be broken down and going about our own business. Every song ought to be sung with great anticipation and great power. Every message ought to be preached with power and authority. Every life lived for Jesus ought to be lived with all your heart as heartily as under the Lord. Everything you say about Christ ought to be with convincing power. And every thought you have of Jesus ought to be a thought tonight that brings honor unto God. Everything he's in and about tonight ought to bring grace and gratefulness and glory. Jesus, Jesus, the sweetest name I know. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, I'm telling you tonight, the world hates Jesus. The devil hates Jesus. Religion hates Jesus. I love Jesus. Do you love him tonight? I'll need revival. I think you might need to. Listen tonight. I need revival in my convictions. Don't you? Might have lowered a little bit. I need revival in my standards. I've kind of compromised a little bit, have you? I need revival tonight in my gates. 
I look at things I shouldn't look at. I listen to things that I shouldn't listen to. I say things that are not been said. I need revival in my gates. I need revival in my walls. I need revival tonight in my life. What we do? Build up the sheep gate. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. What a Savior, what a Lord, what a God. I'd pray tonight that you'd respond as God will respond to you. Whatever tonight it is within your heart. Oh, tonight, Jesus has got to be everything. He's got to be the reason and purpose of life. He's got to be the reason for living tonight. Oh, Jesus, forgive us tonight of neglecting you, of setting you aside. Forgive us tonight for not mentioning your name. Forgive us tonight for not praising who you are. Too many days go by and we don't say anything about Jesus. Too many nights go by and we don't praise him. God help us tonight. Some have come. Would you come? It's time tonight to the road revival. Will you come and begin to build your sheep gate? Will you do it? You sing, Brother George. Will you do it? Only you can do that tonight. I can't do it for you. You can do it for yourself. It's going to take work. It's going to take commitment. It's going to take tonight some determination. I'm going to build up my sheep gate. How about you tonight? Blessed be your name. Hallowed be thy name. What? How about you tonight's not even saved? You don't even know Jesus. You have no relationship with him. Won't you come tonight? Won't you come and get in the fold? Won't you become a sheep of his tonight? Won't you let him be that great shepherd? Let him be that chief shepherd. Won't you come, dear sinner friend? Won't you give Jesus tonight the heart that he so dearly wants? Won't you give him the life that he can transform? He can do it better than you're doing it. He could change your life tonight and live better than the way you're living. Don't make sense to me. Why would you be second fiddle? Why would you live less than you could? Why did you do that? Why did you stay in control of your life and see the, the destruction of your life, what you've accomplished in your life, what you've done in your life, and who you are in your life, and it comes to zero. But Jesus wants to take your life and make it a wonderful life. He wants to make you profitable and prosperous and successful. Not of this world, but of grace and peace and rest and joy. Why don't you come tonight and lay out and lay down? Yes, amen. He's Lord tonight. Will you surrender? Oh, would you let go and let God tonight do something with us? 
God, may I praise you. May our lips offer the fruit of praise. May our life tonight, dear God, lift up Jesus. Praise his holy name tonight. Can we sing one verse, Brother George, of Oh, How I Love Jesus? You, you have that. Let's sing one verse with Brother George, maybe the first verse. And let's just end tonight with that thought tonight of Oh, how I love Jesus. I want to tell Jesus tonight I'm sorry. I'm sorry for letting my sheep gate break down. I can worship him more. I can praise him more. I can lift him up more. I can live for her more. I'm sorry, Lord. You sing with Brother George. Yes, Lord. I'm sorry. Oh, God, revive me. Revive me tonight. Yes, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. I love Jesus, oh, how I love Jesus, oh, how I love Jesus, because he first loved me. Amen. We got work to do, don't we? Help us to build that sheep gate. Brother George, will you dismiss us here, my brother, here this evening?
Thank you.